In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Indoc-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. going on everybody yo yo you're listening to the conspiracy indoctrination program co-indoc pro we are your hosts i'm jake i'm jake and luke tonight the other jake is m.i.a we don't know where he is. Just went missing. <laughs> don't know where he is. Don't care. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. He's missing out on some frozen, frozen Reese's pumpkins. These things are not going to help you fight off any illness. There's no vitamin D in them. No vitamin D. You're gonna get gonna get scurvy. So allegedly. Jake is sick tonight. Allegedly. I say allegedly. Sick of us. Yep. Sick of something. <laughs> I'll tell you why he's sick. He hasn't been drinking his liquid D. Yep. Liquid death. Those things are freaking rock solid. What things? The, uh... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> The peanut butter things? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the word I was looking for, peanut yeah. butter things. The enforcer threw them in the uh, garage fridge, so they or freezers there. As cold as ice. <laughs> Willing to sacrifice your teeth. I think I cracked a tooth. So Jake's missing, but we're live today from Studio G 2.0, which <laughs> is my garage. <laughs> <laughs> You may hear a little reverberation. Mm-hmm. No biggie. That's just the massive garage that I happen to own. <laughs> the richer garage. Yep. I'm a cash chucker. <laughs> I'm in a whole new league now, dude. I got garage fridge. I got hair. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guys just rubbing it in. <laughs> I, got, I got liquid death, liquid D up in here. Oh, man. Three cars. What can I say? Yep. Fucking rich boy. Ah. So we're lounging out here on the uh, canvas chairs that the enforcer bought for our uh, backyard barbecues. So comfortable. Pretty comfy. Yep. Lounging back. Hopefully, uh, we don't get any chocolate on them because 
I'll spend days <laughs> trying to get that off this white fabric. Yep. We had to get together over the weekend, and the little kids were getting all muddy and mud fingers and got them all over the fabric on one of these chairs. And so spent a little bit of time trying to clean that off. Nice. Yeah. Well, not fun, but... Not fun, but it was something to do. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit weird today, just you and me yeah. looking at each other, talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But the show must go on. Gazing, Gazing. into each other's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the show must go on. And uh, if we have a weak-ass co-host that can't show up because he's sick, mm-hmm. we got to do what we got to do. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah. We were going to talk to Lux tonight from Lux Rising and the Occult Rejects, but guess what? That fool's sick, too. Yep. Fucking guys are making out on our Everybody's last making out <laughs> through microphones. Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, we're out another show tonight. Mm-hmm. We're the rich guys with our fucking... Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> with our health. With our working immune systems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working immune systems. I have hair. Fucking apparently dick. I live in the <laughs> apparently I live in the ghetto too because somebody's driving by and just beating it out. <laughs> Listen to that. Oh shit, yeah. That's the garage freezer. Yep. Proof. <laughs> Proof positive right there. <laughs> to all you guys out there in the ether, I have a garage fridge freezer combo. Yeah. But something. It's turned into a freezer. And it works well. Keeps them cold. Yep. So yeah, missing Jake tonight. Not gonna be talking to Lux. Probably have to do that maybe. Some bug, dude. See that thing? It's coming mm. at me. The DARPA bug. <laughs> Probably trying to vax me up. Yep. <laughs> so next week you'll be out. Yeah, next week it'll just be you talking. <laughs> so uh a big fat zero listens on that one. Probably. <laughs> Dick. I can't reach the thing or else I'd hit the this is a little bit better setup though, because the 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 caster's over here. It's kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to have the table. Yeah. And Bruce Lee cut out. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be nice to have the uh, blankets. The blankets up. All I got in here is some flags. And three cars. And three cars. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, might as well be Mar Largo. <laughs> I'm not worried about anything coming out my nose because it's just concrete in here. Cleans right up. <laughs> Unless it hits the chair. If it hits the chair, we're screwed. <laughs> we'll just buy a new one on Amazon because I don't want to clean it. All right, so was this episode 31? 
I think so. I think it's episode 31. Let me check that and make sure real quick. I would hate for everybody to be disappointed in the fact that I lied. Yep, episode 31. And we are talking about Nom all day. Yep, today is all about Nom. I thought I turned that thing off. She probably turned it back on with her phone. <laughs> her damn Wi-Fi. It's, like, it's freezing in here. Dude, it's like 75 degrees outside. You got the nice uh, botch hoodie on. Yep, rocking a botch hoodie today. I think somebody thought that it said bitch because they were like, oh, that's hilarious. And I was like, what? What's hilarious? <laughs> Don't you know how to read? Yeah. Maybe they thought it was like when we say, oh, batch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, batch. <laughs> so today in the news, or this week in the news since our last uh, episode, University of Boston has made a deadly cra- uh, strain of COVID, one that has, has a 80% lethality rate, mortality rate. Yeah. So that was pretty nice of them. We appreciate them doing their due diligence mm-hmm. and uh, taking the existing known strains and enhancing those with gain of function in order to be more lethal. Yeah. Pretty cool. I don't know why they allow that kind of shit to go on. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. Blows my mind, too. I don't know if it's... You're not allowed to speed going down the highway. But scientists, in order to further science, can enhance biology and weaponize it in order to say that they did it. To Mm. see if they could do it. Yep. And... I don't know if they're like just trying to do that stuff and say, well, we're making it more lethal so we can figure out how to fight it if somebody else made it. And that, like, that's probably the 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 um, the banner that they that they do it under, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like how how do you know that they're going to take that original Wuhan virus and then take the spike protein out of Omicron, put it together and make, you know, that specific virus. It, it's shady to me. Super shady. And once again, nobody seems to really care about it. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. It popped up on uh, Fox News feed and a couple other local feeds, but nobody really paid attention to it and just kind of let it mm-hmm. dust off and go under the rug. And it's like, um, Boston. Here's the here's the headline: Boston Re- University researchers claim to have developed new, more lethal COVID strain. Researchers at Boston University added a spike protein from the Omicron variant. With the original Wuhan strain, which has an 80% kill rate. Yeah. Why? Because the first one wasn't as effective as they thought it would be. Yep. Straight up. Mm-hmm. And it's University of Boston, too, because before that whole uh, thing kicked off last time, remember in, what was it, December of 2019? 
it was right when the when the COVID was starting to kind of hit the states and it had been released over in Wuhan. The uh, professor at um, Harvard got got caught up in that FBI case where they said that he was trying to sneak out of the country strains of of COVID or that, something like that. Yeah, remember yeah. That? I vaguely remember it, but yeah, it does does ring a bell. Yeah, so it's just typical. It's like that that whole area has got to just be full of a bunch of these people that are just you know deep stater slash shadow government mm-hmm. working for these big ass corporations just trying to you you know run eugenics programs and figure out ways to take people out man mm-hmm. it's ridiculous yep it's like the starting of a one of the you know apocalypse movies you know yeah it's exactly how they start yep 80 percent kill rate mm-hmm. that's intense dude yeah that's fucking wild. And in the article, it talked about it was um, they were doing it on uh, mice. The variant, a combination of Omicron and the original virus in Wuhan, killed 80% of the mice infected with. The university said the mice were only exposed to Omicron. They experienced mild symptoms. When mice were only exper- exposed to Omicron, they experienced mild symptoms. The research was conducted by a team of scientists, the science, the science, <laughs> from Florida and Boston at the school's National Emerging Infectious Diseases Laboratory. Shut them bitches down, dude. Yeah. Shut those things down. Why? Emerging yeah. viruses. Yeah, because you fucking made it and yeah. it's going to leak out. Yeah. You you made it emerge. Yeah. It's just crazy, dude. It's crazy that the, the people are allowed to do that mm-hmm. in the name of science. Yeah. I am the science. Bitch, you look like a mouse. <laughs> you look like Fievel. <laughs> <laughs> your giant ears. Fievel. Fievel goes west. What was that movie? That was a cartoon, dude, back in the yeah. 80s yeah. about the mouse. But what was it called? Fievel goes west. The first one. What? The first one what? There was a first Fievel? Yeah, I thought there was. <laughs> was there? I think so. Fievel. Look that shit up, Jamie. Oh, I got it. Fievel goes west. Oh, wait. Shoot. An American tale. That's right. Fucking told you. Was that the first one? Everybody out there, Google an American tale and tell tell me that this main character doesn't look like Fauci. Mm. Just slap some glasses and some gray hair on this dude. You got <laughs> Fauci. And a mask underneath his chin. Yeah, and a giant mask. Mask bigger than his head. <sighs> Pisses me off, dude. Makes me yeah. mad. Yep. And then also in the news, yay! Kanye is getting sued for some like $240 million, $246 million, something like that. Yeah. From the family of George Floyd. Because Ye said that Floyd died from 
an overdose before he died from uh, the police, the police brutality, brutality shit. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but so you he, he said something that you don't like. And you get to sue him for $245, million. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing with AJ, man. Yep. Yep. He was kind Alex of the, the president. Yep. So now everybody's going to get fucking sued that says something controversial. Well, Fauci says stuff that I don't like, so maybe I can sue yeah. him for $245 million. Let's do it. I'll have another house with another three-car garage. <laughs> Have eight car garage, yeah, and four yeah. garage fridges, dude. I'd have a whole wall lined with garage fridges, mm. freezers. Be like walking into a fucking supermarket. <laughs> yeah, it would. It'd be just like that. I'd get the clear, the clear ones, and everything. Mm-hmm. Be badass. Or like the beer coolers where you walk into it, and yeah. I did work at a restaurant though when I was growing up. And it had a cooler, a walk-in cooler, and then on the inside of the walk-in cooler was a walk-in freezer. Damn. Yeah, and I always got sketched about going in that thing because that shit was cold, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> what if you got stuck in here, dude? Or what if one of the other cooks didn't like you and they blocked the door, dude? Mm-hmm. you get cold. you get cold quick, yeah. <laughs> well, the dudes that I used to work with, they would all... They would take breaks and they would go in there and they would smoke weed in the freezer and then they would blow the weed smoke into the um, uh, the little fan thing that mm-hmm. goes up and out. Like that draws, I think it draws the moisture out, I th- I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd like, they'd, they'd be gone. There was like two or three of them. They'd be gone off the line for like 20 minutes. You're just getting your ass handed to you. <laughs> night rush coming in you're like dude where is everybody and then they would come back on the line <laughs> <laughs> laughing and stuff and giggling like dude where the hell were you guys oh just smoke break yeah okay dude and then i'd go in to get something or because you know i worked the pantry side of the of the line because the the cook line that i worked on was separated into like pete's kitchen broiler um Saute, fry, fryer station, and then our fryer and pantry was one. And that's where, as an introductory cook, that's where you mm-hmm. worked. That's where I worked. So I'd go, you know, st- stock all my stuff. And afterwards, at the end of the night, when we were closing, you'd go in that freezer. You'd be like, damn, it reeks like a weed in here. <laughs> You're okay, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> when I worked at Saturn, there was. A bunch of dudes there that smoked weed. And one of the guys, when it, so when I first started there, I worked in the wash bay, just washing cars. And one of the dudes, he'd be vacuuming a car and then, like, roll the window down enough to put the vacuum through it and then smoke weed in the cars and blow the smoke into the vacuum. <laughs> They went into the back room that was right behind the sales office. <laughs> like Everybody in the sales office probably, is like getting contact high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
We got a contact high when we went to Ozfest. Yeah. Remember that? I think the state of Washington did. <laughs> yeah, when they were playing Sweet Leaf. Mm-hmm. Love you, kind Sweet of Leaf. Pretty much for all of Black Sabbath. Yeah. But it was cool to see those dudes. It was cool. But I remember when we left, I don't, we went to that, there was like a store and we bought licorice, like Twizzler rope, and crackers. Remember that? Because mm-hmm. then we went and we waited in my cousin's car yeah. and we were waiting for him to get off of work. Mm-hmm. We were there for like, what was it, like 25 or 26 hours. It was long. Yeah. No food. Mm-hmm. In a fucking Geo Metro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a long day, man. Yeah. It so, was cool, though. It was cool. Missed that. So, yeah, Kanye's getting sued up. Pretty lame. I don't know. I don't agree with what he... I mean, I wouldn't say it, but, mm. you know, so he said something that people don't like. It's like, oh, we, we better sue him. Yeah. Gosh, people get over it, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, all you do is make yourselves look like a bunch of money grubbers. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, that's like those two guys are way rich. Mm-hmm. Like, and the and the and the thing that they have in common is that they're saying things that people don't like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it's just stupid, mm-hmm. dude. People are cool. Yeah. You were looking up to the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other news, the D.C. Attorney General is opening an investigation into the shipping of migrants to Kamala Harris's house, which yeah. is funny because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you said it was cool. Yeah. But then as soon as they're there and you didn't want them there, then it's not cool. Yep. Yeah. And it's cool for them to ship migrants into states without their knowledge yeah but as soon as the state ships them somewhere else oh shit we need to investigate you violated the law that's human trafficking yeah yeah i think they named specifically that they were going after desantis and but it makes sense i mean they're Mm -hmm. trying to wreck any chance that that dude has of a presidential nomination bid and you know potential you know victory yeah so, re-election yeah yeah i gotta but not. i think with a lot of people when they see that kind of stuff um it just makes people want to vote for that person more you yeah know? Ooh, they got the federal government after them mm-hmm. they must be a good guy yeah you so. know and like i'm all for legal migration like mm-hmm. I, I when I worked at the picture framing shop, dude, like I would say a good forty to fifty percent of the people that I worked with there were, you know, Eastern Bloc, European, you know, Bosnia, mm-hmm. Kosovo, you know, refugees that, you know, were brought over here and they went through the process of legalization and I went to a couple of their um naturalizations when they got their citizenship and like, dude, it was cool, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was emotional. I mean, they got up I mean because they have to go through this whole process, you know, they have to take mm-hmm. a test and they got to do all this stuff to show that they have knowledge in, of the history of the United States. And that was pretty cool, you know, like mm-hmm. he was, these dudes were studying. Yeah. And, you know, they they bring stuff to the country. They, they, those dudes work hard, 
you know and a lot of the migrant workers that come up from mexico work really hard too Mm -hmm. and i'm all about it but it's like dude do it legally Mm -hmm. you know go through the proper channels i mean and when you go through it legally then you don't get fucked over by you know employers taking advantage of people and you know paying them way under minimum wage yeah exactly just taking advantage you know and who knows how often it happens but people like bringing on um illegal workers for construction site getting a bunch of work done and then calling immigration on it to get free labor out of them yeah it's like seems yeah seems like a better bet just to go the legal route Dude, I'm telling you, man, like if you and I decided to just cross over the border into Canada through one of the, you know, forest areas of the states and we got busted up there, man, like, you know, we're going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. Same thing. We go down to Mexico, cross the border, and we're there, you know, and we're off some area where we're not, you know, it's not a touristy area. And, you know, we run into local police, we're probably going to have an issue, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. So, I don't know. Yeah. But typically, you know, typical, these guys just make a make a big thing out of it, and then they, you know, once again weaponize it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it, all it is for them is to score political points and just be douchebags. Yep. I worked with uh, several Bosnians when I was in construction, and those dudes were crazy workers, man. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And they were all, you know, way older than me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, dude. Slow down. Yeah. But, yeah. They put out, dude. I worked for a guy named Artie, and that guy cracked the whip, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was a hard-driving boss to work for i mean he wanted to work seven days a week 12 15 hours a day 16 hours a day i was like dude already bro like i'm 22 man i I don't want to be here you know but yeah definitely got a a a good respect for that guy and his work ethic and all of them they were all just like freaking machines dude Mm. one of the dudes i worked with he was in fought in the war over there and he Got sent out to battle with a pistol. <laughs> Here you go, dude. Yep. He said he had to shoot a guy to get a rifle. and But he didn't kill him. He shot him in the leg. And then his commander uh, brought him into the general and was like chewing his ass for not killing the guy. And so he knocked out his commander. Dude. <laughs> like... I'm not playing God. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Yeah. He had some crazy fucking stories. Yeah. Yeah, like, those guys lived through a lot over there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I could not imagine that kind of life. Yeah. Like, whoa. Well, who knows, dude? Bill Gates says it's coming soon, so we may yeah. we may see that shit here. Yeah. He's fucking cool. I love him. Yeah. He's a good dude. I kind of aspire to be like him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Yeah. Wear stupid looking sweaters and mm. wear the same hairdo for 40 years. <laughs> It's like, change it up, bro. Yeah. Change it, it works. up. It works for him. Yeah, it so. does. He probably gets all the chicks. Yeah. Definitely has nothing to do with his money. Or Epstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, um, in other news, uh, Idaho gubernatorial candidate Eamon Bundy was on Timcast last night. Mm-hmm. I watched about five minutes of it. You said you watched the whole thing? Yeah. What did you think? It was pretty decent. I hadn't watched one of his shows in probably, God, a couple of months or so. Tim's? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, like, the notification pop up, and I was like, isn't that guy from here? And then you sent that text, and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. Guess I'll check that one out. Yeah. There was another guy from Idaho on that show, too, that I think works for Tim. Who? I don't remember his name. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like a reporter? I don't know. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. But he said he spent most of his life in Ada County. I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. Hmm. But I'll have to watch that. Yeah. Maybe I know him. Maybe. What's up, dude? Um, Dude, here's the thing, man. Like, I understand... Eamon Bundy's politics, his philosophy, the constitutionality that he kind of like wants to bring to the table. And I agree with a lot of the stuff that he has to say, but he is, dude, he's a circus. Mm -hmm. The guy is a circus, man. Everywhere he goes, he's got to have this big circus clown show, you know? And it's like, your reputation sucks, man. You know, you and your family did the thing down there in Bunkerville. I get it. Standing up to the feds. Like, I understand. Mm -hmm. Understand all that stuff. There's a way to go about things, and there's a way not to go about things. They went to jail or, you know, got off on all the charges. And as soon as they got out, they went right over to Malheur Refuge over in Oregon, three hours from here in Burns. And took that bitch over and did the same thing. The dude's been taken out on a freaking, you know, chair, like a, like literally tied to a chair out of the state house. How many times in Idaho? Gone to jail for all, like, I get what you're trying to say and I get what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but the way you're going about it makes you, you and Idaho look like a clown show. Mm-hmm. And so we already have, the biggest clown show in all of <laughs> United States history, in my opinion, in the White House right now. Yeah. And in the Senate and Congress. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be repeated at the state level in Idaho. Yeah. You know, people want to talk all this shit about Brad Little and, oh, he's a rhino and this and that. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. I've gotten three paychecks from the dude since mm-hmm. he's been in office. Yeah. That's more than any other governor that I've ever lived under. Mm-hmm. Phil Batt didn't do that shit in the 90s. Dirk Kempthorne didn't do that. Yeah. You know? Butch Otter, maybe, once? I don't know. I can't even remember. Yeah. But I just feel like, I'm like, bro, like, you know, I don't want to vote for a, a 
a clown show to go into the, into the Idaho. But that's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel on it. Yeah. He, it was, he had some pretty interesting stuff. Like I didn't know that Idaho was the first state that arrested, um, somebody for taking her kids to the park during COVID. Idaho was the first. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they were also the first state to arrest a, a preacher for having church outdoors mm. during COVID. Like, hmm. Wow. I'd have to check those stats, dude, because I don't know if I believe him. Because I'm pretty sure California has got to be the first. Yeah. I would. But who I, knows? That's what I was thinking was it was probably California or like New York or something, but yeah, I mean, I do remember that happening. I think one was over in Meridian. Um, the lady that took her kids to the park. Yeah. And I don't remember the church one, but I don't remember the church one either. So yeah, Eamon Bundy. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about the dude. I mean, I know how I feel about the dude, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not ready for a clown show, dude. I've already had a yeah. two years of a clown show. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah, and it's not looking good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wish that we had a solid candidate, like somebody more like along the lines of like DeSantis, somebody like that would be cool. But that's mm-hmm. just MAGA QAnon. Yeah. Knuckle Dragon, dude. Yeah. That's no, not, you don't even believe I have not heard DeSantis talk about NOM, so. He's definitely. Fucking guys out of here. He's probably, he should not be. Um, voted in office because he did. He's a nom denier. Yep, that's what the first question in any of his debates should be. Yep. What is your stance on the nom? Yeah. In your opinion, Mister DeSantis, are you going to talk about nom? <laughs> no, you're out of here. Yep. You got anything else on the news? Um. Back on the ye thing, he yeah. was trying to uh, buy a parlor. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> How much is that going to cost, dude? Who cares? I mean, the probably guy's like got so 50 much money. Buck. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think the Elon Musk buying out Twitter is getting closer to happening. I heard that he didn't want to actually buy it, though. Yeah. It'd be, I think it'd be just hilarious if he did buy it and then just closed it. Dude, that'd be awesome. It would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Old Elon, man. He's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of him. Yep. Like, he's just so strange. Mm-hmm. And he's really comfortable with... The whole transhumanism thing. and Really comfortable. Yeah. But then he like... Kind of... Says how it's a bad thing. And like AI and all that. But then he's still... Yeah, he's still funding like, it and pushing for the Neuralink stuff. And you're yeah. like... Dude, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's only alright if he's doing it. Yeah true um well i had a interesting conversation 
on Saturday with one of our listeners after we were leaving the gym. He was talking about the uh, astronaut stuff and mm. Apollo 11, some of that stuff that we had talked about. And because um, he thinks, you know, he, he believes that the spacesuit thing is was real, had some math behind it and all that stuff. And so we had a good conversation. He was like, hopefully I'm not offending you. And I'm like, nah, dude, like everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know, like Jake may think that we landed on the moon. It just didn't go the way that it was said. And Mm -hmm. I personally don't think that we've ever been past the atmosphere of, of earth and things. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion. And he, and he talked to me a little bit about the math and some of the stuff that was involved in, you know, why he thinks the spacesuits work and all that stuff and i'm like that's awesome but i think it's just a theory i think that it's a theory that works for if the atmosphere is what they say it is up there or the lack of atmosphere or whatever that space is exactly what they've said it is but like i said i don't think that we've ever gone into it so i don't think we could actually know what it is Mm -hmm. you know yeah so I think the theories and everything on paper and the calculations and all that stuff, it probably makes it look like it would work. But the reality behind did we actually get out there and into space and go to the moon like that, that stuff is completely different because, you know, negative 454 degrees, you know, in space. Well, that's the temperature they're telling us that it is there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's even true or not. Yeah. You know, because yep. what if it's colder? Then those calculations about your spacesuit might not work. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and is there even a thermostat that could measure that cold? I, I don't know. Is mm-hmm. there? I'm, I guess that's quite. I'm asking a question. I imagine there is. Um, I think our. Uh, thermostat or not thermostats but our um, temperature probes that we have at work when we have those recalibrated I think they go to like minus 600 Hmm, that's pretty cold but I can't remember I just reviewed some of that paperwork Hmm. I don't know a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago but I can't remember the Hmm. stuff on it but yeah, and the other thing that I was thinking about too that I should have I should have mentioned I thought about this after we had that conversation him and I did. But you know, when you're flying at like 35,000 foot altitude, you know, in an air, airplane which is made of aluminum, you know, it starts to build up the frost and things like that on the aircraft because you can see it on the windows, you see it on the on the wings and mm-hmm. You know, they have to de-ice the planes prior to flying and all that stuff so that the, you know, frost doesn't, I guess, plug up those little pythons or pitons or whatever they are that actually help with the airspeed and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. also coating the wings so that they can, you know, mm-hmm. actually fly. Yeah. I started thinking about the aircraft of the space shuttles flying through negative 454 degree temperatures. You know that metal wouldn't that start to build up some form of ice, or is there no moisture up there to where that mm. would not not build up ice? I mean, if it didn't build up ice, then 
there wouldn't be, right? And I was trying to read about the atmosphere of space and if there is ice, and it was saying that the internets, which never Mm -hmm. lies, ever. There's that DARPA bug. Kill that thing, dude. It's just flying around listening to us, reporting back. (laughs) 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 They're talking about DARPA. Um, to us, boys. Get out. Get out. Yep, there he goes. Flying to the ceiling. <laughs> um, but they were saying that anything close to, the closer to the um, sun, obviously there's no ice buildup, blah, 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 blah. So I was like trying to figure out if like maybe Earth was close enough to the sun that it wouldn't build up out there or there wouldn't be like, because they were saying something about comets possibly being ice balls. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just made me wonder about the yeah. the aircraft you put aluminum out there and you know fly it, and it goes on the dark side of the moon or whatever where there's no sunlight at all. Mm-hmm. You know, would there be a a buildup? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to take ooh, whoa take a piece of you know the aluminum, the same uh, th- you know thickness. Mm-hmm. And see how it reacts in that temperature, you know, uh, yeah. if you're able to. I would think that it would just get so brittle that any anything would just snap it and break it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You would think that, like, the film stock and all the things, the, the stuff that was actually exposed in the atmosphere when they got out of that little limb mm-hmm. at um, Tranquility Base, mm-hmm. you would think that anything that was, like, you know, metal or aluminum would just be so cold that it would just break, but I don't know. I don't believe we went there, dude. That's just me. Crazy nom conspiracy theorist. Yeah. I think if, if we did, it had to have been a different, um, a different way. Yeah. Like when we went to that, um, air museum over in oregon over the summer um the one where the plane was with the oh the water slide water slide um over in the space one they had a replica of one of those um lunar modules and i mean that shit was like 10 10 foil thick you Mm -hmm. know with spray foam in it and it was like how could that even, I mean, I know it's just a replica, but how would you get through space in that? Yeah. It made no sense. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yep. And they had a. And. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Since you cut me off. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, they had a replica of the lander and I was looking at it and I was like. God damn, I hope the guys at NASA welded better than the shit that's on it's this. Like, yeah, it was it was horrible. Like I can even weld somewhat better than that. Yeah. But. Well, I was thinking the other day too, like it was such an a historic thing, like you would think that if we had gone to the moon and had the technology to do that in nineteen sixty nine between 1970 and 
2015, whenever they started doing all the, you know, 3D IMAX adventure stuff where, you know, they have like these guys that go film Mm -hmm. the IMAX 3D uh, going into a volcano or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever stuff on earth, you know, going through like, you know, these national parks and stuff. You would think that they would have sent a crew up to the moon to film a 3D thing of what it's like to be on the moon, right? Like Mm -hmm. an IMAX experience of going to the moon and back. Yeah. If you had the technology, why would you not do that? Well, they don't anymore. Yeah, they lost it. Yeah. That's why they keep delaying Artemis. Yeah. Because they can't do it anymore. Yeah. So I just, like I said, I think it's fake. Mm Mm-hmm. If they did do that, it'd be a pretty cool IMAX. It'd be badass. Yeah. You know? When I was a kid, um, we went to the uh, planetarium at Capitol Mm -hmm. a couple of times. Those were like my favorite field trips was going there. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, those ones are cool. And then the Bruno Observatory is really cool, too. I never went to the observatory, just to the dunes. Yeah, the observatory out there is pretty cool, too. But Craters of the Moon is pretty cool, too. I've never been there. It's it's wild, like, going out there. Because it's like you go around, you're on the highway out there. Mm-hmm. You kind of come around a corner, and all of a sudden, the entire landscape is different. Mm. It's like, oh, oh, Craters of the Moon. Yeah. Yeah, I've been out there. Sorry, I was thinking um, Crater Lake for some reason. Over in Oregon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Craters of the Moon is, yeah, Yeah. totally different. And supposedly NASA came out here prior Mm -hmm. to them going to the moon so that they would be able to practice walking around on that scape because they thought it would be something similar to the moon. Mm -hmm. So. That's probably they filmed it. Probably. Stanley Kubrick was out there. Yeah. I remember a couple years ago, some lady got lost out there. Mm-hmm. died yep there was a couple of stories that um david polites did out there or on people going missing out there mm-hmm. like holy shit but when you're out there it's like fuck this is desolate yeah and hot it's really hot yeah we went out there one year and i was like all right saw enough i was out here for 10 <laughs> minutes good to go you follow the, like those little paths that kind of like go out through the the thing and you're just like yeah all right good to go yeah we uh i took the kids out there a few years ago and they were just going ape shit Mm. like and going through the caves and everything and then when we had that earthquake um, oh yeah just a couple years ago it was like fuck imagine being in one of those lava tubes when that happened dude you'd be fucking dead yeah you know, it's crazy to think about. There used to be a lava tube out towards um, southeast of town here. They called it Higby Cave. Did you ever mm-hmm. hear that? Yeah. Yeah, Higby Cave. Yeah. And when I was in Scouts, dude, we used to, like, we would go in and sleep in that thing. Wow. Overnight. We took our our cots and our sleeping bags down there and slept in that thing. That's a pretty big cave, too. Yeah. I would never do that now. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) You probably couldn't get me to go in it now. Yeah. We went out partying out there one time in high school. Party, man. And 
it was we walked back in there not super far but far enough to where we couldn't see the campfire mm-hmm. and it was like uh, well i'm gonna head back this is too far back here and i'll probably fall and break my leg and then of course everybody was drinking and one of the guys that we were with um we borrowed his parents forerunner and the guy driving he hadn't been drinking and we piled into the forerunner and my buddy next to me he was sitting behind the driver's seat and it had like the sliding windows on the side yeah and he like rests his hand out and grabs the post and then the guy driving shut the door oh <laughs> like, you could see all of his like halfway down his hand inside the door and we're driving and he's like hey could you open the door and he's like the driver's like you need to get out and puke or something he's like no my hand's in the door oh (laughs) god damn and everybody was just laughing he's like "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we when we went out there we slept in the cave and then the next morning we we were wandering around south of the cave like out mm-hmm. in the desert and we ended up getting picked up by the military mm-hmm. they were out there doing some though there's a facility out there where they actually do like range training and stuff mm-hmm. and so we ended up getting picked up by a humvee and uh these troops were like what are you guys doing out here and we're like we're out here for a scout thing it was like me and like four other, two or three, four other guys, and they're like, "You got to follow us." You know, where's your where's your troop leader? We're like, uh, "He's back at the, the camp. We don't know." And so um, they made us walk in front of the Humvee, and then they <laughs> drove behind us, and they drove us over to this nearby like hangar thing, and they put us inside this hangar. And then closed the door, and we're like waiting for they were gonna go try to find the scout leader. Wow, yeah, it was super strange. And so we were like in there for I don't even know 15, 20 minutes, something like that. And then they opened the thing and came in. They were like, "You guys need to get out of here. Where were you guys at?" We're like, uh, "We were at Higby Higby Cave." And they're like, "Oh, that's across the street or across the the dirt road here, or there a road. There's a road out there. Mm-hmm. Like you guys can't be past this. Go back out there." And they just kicked us out. Hmm. It was really strange. But they've since de- demolitioned that thing, the cave entrance. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. that's what I heard. Hmm. I remember um, when you were talking about the military stuff out there, my Uncle Dan had a run-in out there with... I can't remember the story completely, but um, he was out there and had some Humvee come up on him wanting to know what he was doing out there and I can't remember if he was like doing metal detecting or something else but he just told him and they turned around and drove over the hill and then he got in his truck and drove over and it was gone Hmm. like went into some hidden entrance somewhere oh weird yeah yeah there's a they have a like an actual range training facility out there that the tanks will go and shoot. So I think that that's why mm-hmm. they, I mean, it's open range up until that point. So people just go out there and shoot their guns and stuff. But you got to be careful because there are 
you know, big guns out there. Yeah. And, Don't want to, you know, send one off to a tank and then get yeah. <laughs> fucking shooting back at you. Yeah. So <laughs> just super weird. Yeah. But I went out there one time. I think I was, I graduated high school and we went out there and, um, you know, Carden from, mm-hmm. um, the Ed Gein crossing. Yep. He was out there and I can't remember who did it, but somebody had spray painted Creekers because that's what those guys all called themselves the Creekers because mm-hmm. they lived in Mill Creek sub. Okay. So they called themselves the Creekers. So they tagged on the entrance to the cave Creekers or that, I think that's what they thought that they said. And then someone was like, Hey, Carden, that says Creepers. <laughs> And so he took a can of spray paint and then fixed the P and made it an R so it looked like Creekers, but mm. just funny, dude. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and I went had gone out there like several years later and it was still there. Wow. Creepers. Nice. <sighs> but anyway. Well, cool. Um, I guess get into the regular cast today. We went on way long. Well, it is an off night. Oh, yeah, damn. We went almost an hour talking about nothing. Shit. Jeez. And not one boner joke. And not a not a boner <laughs> or nothing about Nam, so what is this? Well, we did mention Nam quite a bit. We did. It's a legitimate podcast now. Yep. <laughs> well, we, we're going to talk tonight about sleep paralysis <clears throat> and dreams associated with sleep paralysis and demonic possession stuff. Um, I've had experiences with sleep paralysis, and I know you have too. Yeah. And I have definitely seen people that I believe were demonically possessed. I've seen a couple of them, and it's pretty wild. Mm. Like, pretty, pretty wild, dude. Um, <clears throat> but the sleep paralysis thing to me, I, I go back and forth. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really into the whole spiritual warfare stuff, and I really have been focusing on that a lot the last couple years. And, you know, the experiences that I've had with sleep paralysis are pretty infrequent, but it seems like they're definitely related to something that has gone on, you know, in my life. Mm -hmm. And then then there's an episode that happens. Mm -hmm. Like... For instance, the most recent one that I had was right after we talked about the episode with MLO, mm-hmm. the episode two. Yeah. I had sleep paralysis that night. Yep. I had, I think it was around the same time. Um, and usually when I have it, it'll be like four or five nights in a row mm-hmm. and then nothing for, you know, a month or two. And then again you know several nights in a row and i haven't had it in quite a while but um and i don't know if it's i mean when when it happens so like infrequently and you don't you know you're not going to bed going all right well it feels like a sleep paralysis night Mm -hmm. so you're not thinking about you know what, what's been going on it just happens and then you're like wow that was crazy yeah so, so and we'll get into it here in a minute a little bit more about the actual you know what it's like or maybe your your episodes and how you've experienced it versus the ones that i have because i think 
that the stuff that I've experienced has definitely been a little bit different than some of the stuff I've read online and some of the stuff I've heard on like people talking on YouTube or other podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but I go back and forth, like I said, on whether or not, you know, it's spiritual warfare, like a, like a real version of, you know, or like an, um, not what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's like spiritual warfare that's actually kind of like manifested mm-hmm. into a physical realm. Yeah. yeah. So I can't tell if that's if that's some of it or if it's like just a medical condition. Like it's a you know a a version of like a um, uh, a sleep disorder or something. Yeah. So that's where I kind of go back and forth. I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just listened to a gal on view from the bunker talked it was she was an author of a book called they only come out at night and it was about sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that she i mean it's a, obviously it's a christian based podcast to begin with but it was you know she's a christian author and you know she has been going through sleep paralysis her whole life and so some of the stuff she was saying made sense to me but then some of the stuff was like eh, i don't know mm-hmm and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, on the stuff that I've experienced, was the stuff that I've experienced sleep paralysis, or is it actually just like some form of a sleep disorder where I wake up and I just can't move? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading uh, an article today that was listing off some of the things that can trigger sleep paralysis. And I think with both of us, like in our lines of work, mm-hmm. um, there is definitely um, that could attribute to it. Like is it stress-induced? Well, with, you know, the weird hours, you know, having to work overnight Mm. or being on call and, Mm. you know, getting called in to to work and then, you know, you're up for 24, 48 hours before you get to bed and some of that stuff can, from this article I read, can trigger that and thinking about it now i don't even remember the last time i had it if i had you know some crazy late shift or something Mm. so there is a you know some other things in there like um sleep apnea can cause it if you're sleeping on your back um which i've always had it on my side I always sleep on my side. I'm a side sleeper, and that's yeah. the only time I've ever had it. Yeah, I've never been on my back. I had it um, one time that it, the most recent time that I had it, I was taking a nap on the couch and laying on my back. Mm-hmm. That's the only time that I can really remember that I was actually sleeping on my back. Um, and then there was like other stuff like uh, PTSD or you know things like that could. Like unresolved traumas and, and I things. wonder if do you think it was TBI one of them? Because I've definitely had TBIs. I don't think they specifically mentioned TBI. Hmm. Um, there was. I had a pretty good run when I was a kid, yeah. and I had I had some a couple back to back pretty decent concussions. Yeah, one of the uh, things that causes for that they're you know possible causes for sleep paralysis 
a family history of sleep paralysis. (laughs) (laughs) Great author. (laughs) And then the big one, um, I think I would fall into the category of that bipolar disorder. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Me too. But, or like falling asleep intoxicated. Not me. I know you're the huge drinker yeah, and fall asleep with my liquid death. Yeah. This dude, I'm I am this is my second one. I like this stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a case of it. Nice. This severed lime is good. I'll, I'll have to try it sometime. Dude, I oh I would have brought you one. Yeah, well I brought my tea no, in, in right. my loud ass cup. And then the last thing they listed here was um sleeping disorders such as narco. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's out. Quick, get a warm bucket of water yeah. for his hand. Um, but you know, excessive stress, things like that. Mm. But yeah, when it happens, and you know, you finally wake up from it, it's like you're not thinking about what was just happening in your life or whatever. Yeah, at and, least I'm not. And part of the reason why the spiritual warfare as- aspect of it makes sense to me. Um, I'll go into here in a minute when I talk about my most recent uh, bout with it. Um, but sleep paralysis, I guess, for any listeners that haven't had it or experienced it, it's like waking up and not being able to move. You you know that you're not asleep. You know that you're awake. At least for me, this is what I've experienced I can hear things going on. I've never been able to see anything. Some people claim that they've been able to have their eyes open and see things, um, and they just can't move their body. I've only could hear things. I was aware that it was, I'm usually aware that it's, you know, time to wake up. I'm no longer dreaming, and I just can't move. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've experienced anything different. Mine are usually like... As soon as I'm falling asleep, I feel like I'm just buried in sand or yeah. something. And then I'm aware that I'm asleep and dreaming and I can't do anything about, I can't wake myself up. Um, and there's times where, like the most recent one, when I was on the couch, um, my kids were watching a movie and I had a dream that I was awake or that I had woken up from a dream, but I was still in a dream. And I knew I was like inception shit where you're like two, two or three levels deep in Mm. dreams. Yeah. And, um, like the dog was biting my hand, trying to wake me up, but it wasn't. Mm. And, but I was laying there like I was awake I could hear the movie going on, but I knew that I wasn't fully awake. Like, I was still in a dream, in a dream where I was awake. Yeah, definitely. I know exactly what you're talking about. The the episodes that I've usually had will be like, I feel like it's the tail end of my sleep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm waking up, and then I'm... I'm conscious in my mind, but I can't move. I can't talk. Mm -hmm. I can't open my eyes. 
but I can hear things going on around me. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that it's now daylight out because, you know, I can, I can sense the sunlight on my, you know, coming through the, the window or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just can't do anything. And then I've had other episodes that are similar when I'm falling asleep, but it's going into that sand pit like you're talking about and I can mm-hmm. feel it. And then I'm like trying to pull myself out of yeah. the paralysis yeah. and to wake myself up. And then it's like, I keep going back. Like it's like a, a tractor beam kind of like pulling me in mm-hmm. and I'm trying to fight it. And then, um, I've had it where I've fought it off and woke up and then it's really scary to go back to sleep because you're like, dude, I don't want that to happen again. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, the, the book, they only come out at night. The author was talking about that, how it becomes like this vicious cycle where people are afraid to go to sleep because they know what's kind of, you know, going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I've had it to where I've had it at the beginning and then I, or I woke up in the middle of the night with it and then I was able to come out of it. And then I tried to go back asleep again. I started to feel that like it's sucking me back down in. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, trying to pull myself out and that happens i fight it for you know three or four times falling asleep and you just end up laying there awake until an hour passes by and then you fall asleep again and it's gone Mm -hmm. so yep i've had things like that too where you almost like as soon as your head hits the pillow it's like you can feel it starting Mm -hmm. you're like oh shit well yep ain't getting out of this one yeah and then it's like just fucking crazy and then i don't know with you um when i'm trying to like completely conscious i know i'm asleep and the only thing that i can really do is kind of like shake to try to wake myself up like almost like seizure activity or something yeah i've 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 gotten to the point of consciousness where I'm like building up all of my energy to like try to say help, mm-hmm. like thinking that the enforcer w- is awake and that she can like shake me awake or something like that. So I've been like trying to like get it out, like say it. And then I've also tried, you know, like building up this energy to kind of like, you know, like blast through it and then like force myself to like move. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like this really strange feeling. Yeah. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, originally, like I said, I thought that it was just kind of like a sleeping disorder. I thought that it, you know, because your body does go into, according to the science, <laughs> um, your body goes into a mode of paralysis so that you don't, act out your dreams right yeah so when i first started experiencing it i want to say i was like in my late teens early 20s was probably the first time that i had it and then i'd have it infrequently through you know my 20s and 30s um but it was like very infrequent once a year you know maybe Mm -hmm. twice a year once every couple years and so i was thinking oh well maybe i'm just waking up you know in the middle of my rem cycle or something like that like my brain is waking up like the uh what do they call that the anesthesia awareness Mm -hmm. right where people are like talked about being aware of their procedures while they're under anesthesia Mm -hmm. and they can feel all of the surgery happening Mm mm-hmm 
because the only thing that the anesthesia did was paralyze them. Yeah. That's why I almost refuse to have a surgery. I mean, I mean, I will like grit through any shoulder pain, knee pain, mm-hmm. you know, hip pain through jujitsu and stuff, just because I do not want to have a seizure or a seizure. I don't want to have a, a surgery because I know that I'll be an anesthesia awareness per- person. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. And that would just be awful being able to feel that kind of pain yeah and not be able to do anything about it but anyway back to my the original point was i was kind of thinking when it would happen to me in my 20s and 30s that maybe i was just waking up in that rem cycle and that was just kind of like the version of anesthesia awareness Mm -hmm. but then the more i started focusing on the spiritual warfare side of things and getting back into my roots of you know my christian faith and my beliefs you know like the more that I realize that I think there could be a spiritual warfare aspect to it mm-hmm. versus just, it's just some biological thing that, you know, I'm experiencing because stress or mm-hmm. an old TBI or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the more that I started, I didn't realize it, but I was just, I think some YouTube feeds were coming up and they were talking about, you know, demonic possession stuff like that. And then, you know, spiritual, spiritual warfare. And then somebody brought up the fact that sleep paralysis was one. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because when I go back and think about like the founding of the, the Mormon church, like, you know, Joseph Smith and his testimony, what he talked about Muhammad, what he talked about prior to being brought to, you know, this situation where they were given this, you know, new found Testament that they needed to write, right? Like Mm -hmm. this new religion, they were visited by an angel of light that tried to suffocate them first. Joseph Smith described it. And then Muhammad described the exact same thing, like word for word, almost you read their, their two testimonies about what they experienced with that angel of light. And it came on as an angel of light. And then it was just a suffocating. They couldn't breathe. They felt like they were just being crushed. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. um, then I think about the sleep paralysis that I've kind of experienced, and I'm like, that's it's very similar feeling. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that it, it it's like a feeling of like, like what they're describing. Weight, yeah, is this, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this weight holding you down, like you mm-hmm. can't move. And then like the bad. dark bugs going after <laughs> you, dude. And then um, one of the one of the um, hell hell document or not documentary, but the um, near death experiences where a dude went to hell. Mm-hmm. He talked about it, and um, he said that when he ended up in hell, that was the first thing that happened. Was like this legion That's of right. demons took him down to the ground and were just trying to crush him, and he felt like it was just like this suffocating, crushing pressure. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder, like. Why is that always a consistent theme? Yeah. From this demonic realm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And kind of, uh, I get the, um, you're questioning it because when, like, you're, like, the stuff that we're, you know, watching and listening mm-hmm. to and all that kind of stuff everything starts to look like that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Like, so, but then there's so much 
that ties into it that it's like, well, fuck, you know, yeah, that could be it. Just like with all the number stuff, I'm sure yeah. a lot of that is just pure coincidence, but then it's like, but it's all over the place. So yeah. How much of that is coincidence and how much of it is intentional? And yeah. I mean, the same thing with the sleep paralysis thing. Yeah. It's, well, could, could be, could be just a, a medical thing or something deeper than just a medical thing that the people haven't studied enough to, or have the means to study what's really going on. You know? Yeah. And that was the, the theme from the author of they only come out at night in the view from a bunker. She was talking specifically about how in her theory that it's really, you're, you're, you've been in this almost astral project projected state during mm-hmm. your sleep and that the sleep paralysis that you are starting to um, experience is the very ending of that, right? The, mm-hmm. like the coming back into the body or the back in the body and then trying to physically wake the body. And so what she was talking about was that she believes and this is where I kind of maybe differentiate, but she said that she believed that, um, you know, at some point maybe a demonic entity had extracted the, you know, the person from their body and taken them on a journey, right? Like an astral type of journey. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're doing whatever and then it'd come back and then that was the end of it. And when I listened to it, I was like, eh, you know, like, eh, okay, like I see where you're going and I see how that could maybe be. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't remember having any crazy vivid dreams prior to experiencing sleep paralysis. Usually it's almost like very blankness. Like I don't remember there being any dream mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm, I'm in the middle of waking up. Now the last one that I had was the one that was around the MLO episode. It's either the night of or right after that. Mm-hmm. And this one was really strange, but this is the only one that I've ever felt this at, but I felt something starting at my feet and I felt it moving its way up my body. And as it was coming up towards my diaphragm, um, I realized that this is the sleep paralysis. It's starting and like, I didn't know what to do, but I couldn't move and I couldn't wake up, but I was awake and maybe this was just a dream. Mm-hmm. But in that state, in my mind, I screamed out, by the power of Jesus, you must flee. And I saw this. It was really strange. It it was like a white V-shaped light with a black thing above it. And it was, it just like dropped out of my diaphragm and, and just like, left my body i felt it i felt it physically leaving that's wild it was really really strange really strange experience but that was the only time that i've ever actually seen anything Mm -hmm. and it was like like i said it was it reminded me of like a of a silhouette it was a v-shaped white light and then there was darkness over it Mm -hmm. and and as i said that in the power of jesus you must leave it it, it was it like literally was like 
like exiting and mm. I felt it. I felt everything like leave my body. It was really strange. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And so at that point I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is a spiritual warfare thing. Mm-hmm. And I've, and I've always like, you know, paid attention to, I mean, you know, you'll, at least when I was growing up there, you know, church members, youth pastors, whoever, whatever would be like, oh, you know, make sure you don't listen to the devil's music. You don't want to listen to this. You don't want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. They talk about all these gates and stuff like demonic, you know, mm-hmm. portals or whatever. And that you're inviting that stuff in. And I never believed it. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. how can, you know, how can listening to Metallica be that? Right. Yeah. But the older that I get and the more that I start to kind of like listen and and study into the spiritual warfare and stuff of the some of the stuff from prior, to, you know, prior to like going back, like the watchers and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the Nephilim stuff that we talked about before. And I've been really on that kick for a while now. But the more that I pay attention to that stuff, the more I'm like, oh, there there has to be some form of if this is spiritual warfare there has to be some kind of gate you know spiritual gate that's being opened and and i don't know if it was you know talking about specifically that that stuff or whatever and then maybe something just mm-hmm. tagged along and was trying to you know yeah come after me because i'm a believer i don't know yeah you know it's hard to say yeah i've had um pretty vivid dreams with my sleep paralysis like at the same time like kind of like what you're talking about feeling it kind of coming up yeah your legs and everything um there's been times where it's felt like a hand coming up the back of my head and like i'm just like fuck this is gonna suck Mm -hmm. um but i did have a dream one time when the sleep paralysis was going on that I'd gotten out of bed and um, my closet doors are mirrored and I was looking at my reflection and it was different and I was like this is fucked up I'm gonna go get rid of that thing and ran and went into the mirror and then my reflection (laughs) turned into a dog that had fried chicken skin instead of fur and i was like what the hell is that but i would still like couldn't you know move or anything and it was it was just really weird like was it popeye's fried chicken skin or albertson's because more like albertson's they got good fried chicken yeah they do i didn't eat it though oh no never know what it tasted like yep (coughs) but and um it i pretty sure that it's also been called um the old hags syndrome or something like that um going back i think it was back into the 1640s when people were had would have the uh sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. would talk about it felt like an old hag sitting on their chest Mm um i've had dreams where um she was like kidnapping me and shit Mm. and like just and it could be you know some subconscious thing that i knew that that's what it was called and could feel it so it kind of like made that association in my dream i don't know yeah that's what i've been trying to figure out too is it's just a like a you know is it something that i'm just kind of creating where 
I'm looking into it more than it really is, or is mm-hmm. it really, you know, this spiritual battle, you know, this evil demonic entity trying to, because that's, that goes back to the, the flood and the whole, the whole reason behind the flood, right? Like mm-hmm. theologically was that it was the purging, mm-hmm. you know, cause everybody, it was the purging of the demonically evil off of the earth, right? Like the mm-hmm. Nephilim spirit, which was these hybrid yeah. between fallen angels and human women that these things didn't, they were not of God. They weren't, of, they, there was, that was a completely new creation. So when mm-hmm. those got wiped out, that those, those spiritual entities are now looking to inhabit bodies. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the entire Old Testament into the New Testament, you have, you know, all of these situations where, you know, Jesus and then his disciples were going through and, um, you know, banishing, you know, demonic entities out of people and extracting these demonic, you know, possessions. And then the, like in the one instance, the the demons fled out of this dude and then jumped into a, uh, you know, a thing of pigs and mm-hmm. then they all ran off this cliff and and died <laughs> and then i look at like things like suicide and like all these you know other crazy things that you go like well, like what is this you know like it has to be some form of in my opinion it has to be a form of a demonic possession like this you know this or a, an influence of a demonic entity you know that's mm-hmm. like because that's all they want. They come to kill, still and destroy. That's all they want to do. So, mm. yeah, of course they want people to die. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. The more that I, you know, I talk about it or engage or, you know, um, read things and, you know, pay attention. And then, you know, these things happen. Is it something that I opened up that that battle? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like the Apostle Paul said that, you know, what we're fighting is not flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities. And that's what it truly seems like is like these sleep paralysis things that it's an entity. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's something. Yeah, it, I mean, you can feel, it feels like, like it's just taking grabbing, your body. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's really bizarre. Um, I was listening to subconscious, subconscious realm today. Cause we were supposed to be talking to him soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it out of the UK, but he had, um, the guys from hush hush, podcast on and they were they ended up talking about sleep paralysis and uh, one of them was talking about his experiences with it how he has felt like this thing this entity trying to like pull him out of his body while he's sleeping mm-hmm. like out of you know like from his feet and um, I remember having a very f- weird experience like that one time it was actually at this house I think when we first moved in and uh, I had fallen asleep and I felt something pulling me from my foot. It was really strange, man. Mm-hmm. And I ended up kind of like jerking awake, like kind of like a, a starting engine. Mm-hmm. And then I popped awake, but it was a really weird feeling, dude. Yeah. Yep. That's um, like feeling hands grabbing you. And um, at least I feel that stuff a lot of the times when I have sleep paralysis like you can feel something grabbing my arms or you know on top of my head or yeah and it's pretty unnerving like 
if it was a real person and I wouldn't wasn't able to wake up like it's a fucking bad position to be in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that's why I do believe in demonic possession and that people can be, you know, their bodies be taken over by these entities because um, that's what they're looking for, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been a couple people that I've listened to where they've like seen it and experienced it, you know, seen it firsthand. And I've definitely, man, I've seen a couple people before where I'm like, dude, something is not right with this person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, could it be like some weird, crazy drug and alcohol induced state of mind for sure. But that also I feel like can be the doorways in the realm, the opening to those realms to where it's possible mm-hmm. for, you know, those entities to be able to start taking over a physical body or whatever. But there's been a, there's been a couple times specifically where I was paying, paying attention to nobody doing my own thing at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Literally. I look like a normal person. I don't look like anything crazy. And I had a dude walk all the way, like literally I lock from like several aisles away, like four or five aisles away. I lock on me and walk straight at me. Like no breaking of eye contact the whole way. And then as I kind of was like going around the dude, I was like, do I know this guy? Like, what the hell's going on? Hmm. And just the intensity of his stare was like he was looking into my soul. Like he could see something in me was different. Mm-hmm. Not different meaning like I'm better than anybody, but that maybe it was because, you know, as a believer, maybe there was something different. But it felt like that there was looking back now, it felt like there was like this evilness like picking me out of five, 10, 15 people at this store and just mm. literally beelining straight to me. That's wild. It was so weird. And it's happened a couple different times where I'm like, what is up with that? Like, that is so weird, mm-hmm. you know? And literally people I, I do not know, never mm. met them, never had any encounters before with them. Nothing. Wow. Know who they were. Kind of, that made me um, think of that movie Fallen. Yeah. That yeah, with Denzel. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how that thing just kind of like goes from person to person. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Yeah. I totally think that, that is that's a, a real thing. Yeah. There's certain people that I've met um, you know, over the years of playing shows and everything where they have like that like emptiness yeah. in their eyes where you're just like this is not somebody that you should be like, you should keep an eye on them because yeah. it, it's like I have several cousins the same way that mm. are always, they've been to prison, yeah. always fighting and everything. And it's just like no consciousness yeah. or not consciousness, no, uh, uh, con- uh, conscience. Yeah. Conscience. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's just like that weird look where it's like, there's, they don't see anything. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's just like, wow. Yeah. Offline, I'll have to tell you a story that I experienced one time. It was wild, dude. Totally wild. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, I think it was at work. It was wild. The first time that I remember having sleep paralysis, I think I was in high school and I had a dream that I had been, or that I was being abducted by Mm. a UFO. And it was like out of body experience, 
just saw myself go out of the window. My parents had that field mm-hmm. next yeah. to their house, going out over the field and up into UFO. I like, and I woke up in the morning. I was like, that was weird. And your butthole hurt. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then a robot popped out of it. And yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then out of nowhere, I like to sing. About the <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange sensation. It's something that I I don't want to experience. I'd never, I don't want to experience again. But you know, like I said, I, you know, I go back and forth. Like you know, it's just the same thing with most of the some of the conspiracies. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just kind of go back and forth about stuff. But you know that that demonic realm i feel the more that i the more that i get into the spiritual warfare and i'm more i I, you know more i really believe that that's that's a real thing and that's why it's hard it's hard not to ask guys like ny and lux when you're talking to them they've been through and they've done ritual magic and they do this and it's like you know if there's a dark side to this magic ritual magic Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it almost seems like there's the uh, the 180 where it's it's being ripped off from the good side of the mm-hmm. magic, and that's kind of how I think about. It. And I'm not religious really at all. Um, I kind of I don't know. I think I'm more of like agnostic. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm gonna know mm-hmm. either way. But if there is one side, there has to be the other. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the law of nature that there's yep you know yep equal and opposites yeah um well and you know especially in that in the last several years where things are becoming more and more unhinged it seems like mm-hmm. and everything is starting to kind of coalesce into this and we've talked about it for years this new world order one world government blah 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 but the reality of it is a lot of the stuff that's going on and a lot of the stuff that's already happened has already been, you know, foretold and people either some of people don't want to believe in it in the mm-hmm. new and old Testament or the book of revelation. That's fine. Like it is what it is, man. Like, you know, I'm yeah. from my perspective, like it's pretty fucking interesting that all of this stuff was written about that we're seeing, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. Can't. Yeah. I mean, was it, or is it just like a, you know, a programming, you know, mm. like predictive programming that we see with, like all of these, you know, Hollywood movies about outbreaks of disease that, you know, five or six years later, it happens. You yeah. Know? I don't know, but it's it's fucking interesting. Yeah. And I I like hearing this stuff like it's just fascinating fascinating shit yeah well and like i said i i I wasn't really paying attention and then 2020 happened and it was kind of like hmm this is kind of weird like it feels like there's something that there was definitely a shift like you know right after Mm 9-11 it was like there was a there was a uh an energy in the air that just everything seemed a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these, like not all of these, but it seems like there's definitely world events that happen, 
you know, yeah. people talk about that. Like my mom talked about when Kennedy was assassinated, you know, that it, things are diff- just changed, right? Things were different. Mm-hmm. And then it's like all these other world events kind of, you know, keep happening, keep happening. And then we were here for 9-11, and I remember the after effects of that. And you're just like, whoa, dude, like something's different here. Mm-hmm. In 2016, it was like something's different here. And then 2020 was like, okay, definitely something has changed and people are changing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it and that's why the wheat and the tares and that that whole biblical you know philosophy of of the good and evil coming up together and then being harvested mm-hmm. together and then separated. It's like, dude, it seems like it's becoming more and more obvious like, what's a wheat and what's a tare. It's, it's like in your face now. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And then like, there's the one. Uh, I think it, I can't remember if it's Revelation six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. But it's like when the seals are being opened, and then it talks about, you know, like a third of mankind dying, and then a third of the oceans turning and waters turning bitter, and the ocean dying, and this and that, and and now we have this potential for like this giant tsunami bomb thing potentially. And I'm like, huh? Wouldn't that be weird if somebody detonated a some kind of a nuclear device underwater mm-hmm. to create this tsunami bomb, and then it ended up like killing off all of this sea life, and then made all the water, mm-hmm. you know, completely jacked up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like there's one more thing like happening and happening where you're just kind of like, damn, this is like, this is getting kind of real. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's fucking wild, dude. But the the sleep paralysis stuff to get kind of back on track with that, it just feels like every time that I've experienced it, that there's, it feels like there's like some something that's controlling me, that's holding me down that I, you know, and is it my own body? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, in this half sleep, half awake state, you know, maybe, I don't know. But I've talked to people that have never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah. I'm with mine. It's there is something else there that I can I can tell. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's an entity or whatever, there's something else present, and I don't know if it's just me knowing my body is like. I can't move it, mm-hmm. and it's a fear that somebody else would be in the room and I couldn't do anything about it, or if it's an actual thing, you know? Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, they were talking about that, too. I can't remember who I was listening to, but they were talking about the mirrors. Mm-hmm. The mirrors and, and things like that, and then, like, that being um, some form of gateway as well. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid, dude... Like, we went around, we searched around, you know. We tried to, we tried to conjure up spirits. We tried to do those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's going to Ben's house and doing stuff to try to, you know, or going and walking through the graveyards at night. I mean, we mm-hmm. were trying. I mean, we did it. Yeah. You know, trying to go out, take pictures of orbs and all that stuff. And Yep. Yep. It just seems like. When when I was a kid, uh, my grandparents that lived in Garden City, <clears throat> they ultra, well, I don't want to say ultra religious, but they were um, 
went to church every every Sunday, you know. And in their little hallway, they had like these two mirrors facing each other that like, you know, gave that weird effect, you know. Oh yeah, where it's like infinite. Yeah. Yeah. That always used to freak me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like try and like look around yourself to see how far down. Oh yeah, it just you keeps see. going. You yeah. get all those little Yeah. Yeah. And I was like Dude, imagine you're doing this, and you bring your head back, but one, like, way down here stays over. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know, man. I I think that there's, there's definitely some potential truth to it being spiritual warfare. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's stuff that I've, you know, ended up, you know, doing that brings it on or something like that, or I open some kind of a gate somewhere or, mm-hmm. you know, just talking about it. That's why as much as I would like to hear the dissection, you know, that record, mm-hmm. just to hear what you guys are talking about this flawless. I, I can't, I, I can't listen to it. Yeah. I've never listened to it, dude. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. My brother-in-law hit me up after that episode. He's like, oh, dude, I can't stop listening. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I probably listen to that album every week. Yeah. Like, I can't get enough. That's crazy. <laughs> but, and yeah. it's, I wouldn't say that the sleep, um, sleep paralysis, I mean, if it was connected to that, I, I would imagine I have it all the time. Yeah, you'd have it way more often. So, but. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, some of me thinks that <clears throat> there's definitely a, a realm out there that's trying to, you know, tr- trying to get, become more physical. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take on some bodies. And like I said, I've met people before like you have where you're just going, something's not right with this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jeffrey Dahmer thing was very, that re- reminds me of a demonic possession where the guy that ended up actually getting out of the house that testified against him, mm-hmm. um, the last dude, yeah, the very last dude, he mentioned the same thing of, you know, that he was sitting there, he kept watching the exorcist over and over again, and it looked like he was coming in and out of his body. Mm-hmm. And, and he was doing some yeah. uh, chanting. Chanting, and, and, and he was leaning back, nodding back and forth, and mm-hmm. dude... So but he was also another fucking military guy that was a serial killer. Yeah. Like Yeah, makes you wonder if they I don't know. I I feel like it seemed like he was kind of a troublemaker too. Yeah. Just like Berkowitz was. Yeah. Fucking Damn, dude. Is that uh is that an entity? Yeah. He's letting me know. <laughs> You're hungry. Um yeah, it's definitely something that's weird dude mm-hmm. but um but then going back into the whole military thing with michael aquino mm-hmm. and who knows what the fuck that guy actually did and yeah how involved he was in all of that like mk ultra stuff and yeah <sighs> it's it's crazy yeah well i guess the Last thing I wanted to say before we wrap this up with a bow tie on it is um, it just seems to me like 
there's a correlation between the drugs, you know, like some of this drug stuff mm-hmm. and the opening of some of this realm, this demonic realm or this other realm. You know, my buddy Jared was telling me about when he was in Vegas that a guy came walking up to him and the guy was like talking to him, like it's just kind of like I was talking about that guy that just walked across the the Albertsons to, from me. Same thing. This dude just walked right up to my buddy and just started kind of talking to him about about stuff. And then the guy ended up telling him about all these DMT trips that he had taken. And he mentioned this ram-headed dude that he had met and blah, blah, blah. And it's just weird because, you know, you hear guys like on Joe Rogan or Lex Fridman or whatever. And they talk about all their DMT trips. And they all ex- ex- explain and describe the same type of thing, the same mm-hmm. type of entities. And it's just, it's weird that people see the same stuff or like you and I experiencing the same type of sleep paralysis, maybe a little bit different, but you Mm -hmm. know, almost the same. I think there was, um, a, um, like a actual, like scientific study where they had a group of people, um, doing, I think it was IV drip, DMT <laughs> and they all experience the same thing really yeah dude and it was like at the same time and they were all having like a shared hallucination yeah like that's fucking wild yeah that's why I think it's so I think it's so absurd that a lot of these military people are pushing the hallucinogenic TBI treatment Mm-hmm. To me, it's this is going to backfire, dude. Because I, I listen to Sean Ryan and some of these other guys, and they'll have, you know, people on from the tier one units that are like going through it and going through the ayahuasca stuff and treatment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that's some doorways I don't think you want to open. Yeah. I think from my understanding on some of that stuff is that it does help heal um, like post traumatic stress. But what else is it yeah. doing? Yeah. You know? But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just yeah. stuff I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah. But like I said, I find it just interesting that it seems to all be kind of linked. Mm-hmm. You know. I think the the bigger thing for me <clears throat> is because those drugs have been around forever, mm-hmm. right? Um. And they've been used, like, in mass for a long time. But I think the huge thing is, for me anyway, was the starting up of CERN. Yeah. Because it seems like that was, like, like the jump starter for a bunch of this stuff. Like, I think 2012 was, like, when when they first ran it. Yeah. And it seems like in 2012, things started getting really fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And it's just been ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. Yeah. So I think on the individual level, um, that drug thing could be like a, you know, for that individual, uh, a portal thing Mm -hmm. for him. But I think that CERN is like the really big 
big thing that's causing some chaos. I think it's opening the the abyss. Yeah. I think it's the doorway to the abyss. Yeah. You know, the uh, in the book of Revelations, like I've mentioned before, that the key to the bottomless pit was given to the angel and opened up, and I feel like that that is it's it's going to open mm-hmm. and then all those entities and all those spirits are just going to pour out dude mm-hmm. you know like that scene from Ghostbusters which is yeah. interesting too because D- Dan Aykroyd who helped write that movie was mm-hmm. his family was like deeply into the occult mm-hmm. I mean he's all about that stuff yeah and I think his grandfather in Canada had like all kinds in fact I think his grandfather in Canada or maybe his dad somebody had a store an occult store that they owned mm-hmm. i thought yeah i can't remember which one it was but i do remember him talking about that yeah. so and i'll just say i'm glad that harold ramus got involved with that movie because it would have sucked if it was dan Aykroyd's version oh really yeah because it was <laughs> took place on mars and shit oh geez <laughs> yeah yeah awkward yeah Wow. That uh, show on Netflix, the movies that made us, mm-hmm. it, it's in there. Oh, is it? I need yeah. to watch that. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, oh, God damn, I'm glad that... That would have been terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know if Bill Murray was going to actually be in it mm. until, like, the day they started shooting. Like, no, nobody could get in touch with him, and then he just, he just shows up. up. <laughs> that sounds like such a Bill Murray story. Yep. Jeez. But. Yeah. Well, like I said, dude, I to me it just seems like all of it's linked. I don't know if mm. people out there have experienced sleep experienced sleep paralysis and they have a different experience, you know, it'd be interesting to hear those. Yeah. If somebody ever wants to, you know, come on the show and talk about their experience if it's different, you know, hit us up info.cohen.pro at yahoo.com and we'll try to line something up. But you know, ours have been very similar, very, mm. you know, infrequent. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's been an off cycle for me, so... Yeah. Who knows when it's going to creep back up. Yeah, it was. it's a terrible thing to experience, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, the last one, commanding some, you know, commanding some spiritual, uh, like, presence, you know, in the name of Jesus seemed to, like, work. It was, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know... Hearing those near-death experiences where people talk about using, you know, his name and his authority to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they're in hell, you know, works. And so those those whoa. angels, whoa, those uh, fallen, that fallen realm cannot handle that name, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy. Pretty wild. Yeah. It's, like I said, I'm not a religious person, but that stuff is very interesting and it's like there's got to be something to it it's very timely too with Mm -hmm. everything that's going on now like i said i started going back and i had never read the old testament i'd read pieces of it here and there and then the new Mm -hmm. testament pretty much just focused on that exclusively as a as a new christian but um started going back through and rereading the old testament and Going back to the end, the beginning, mm-hmm. it's almost like that whole thing is all about DNA. It's a war for DNA. It's a war for, you know, this battle of this, you know, 
good versus evil and mm-hmm. a lot of people want to you know talk bad about well, the god of the old testament you know he was just having people killed and slaughtering women and, and children and all, yeah and all this stuff and it's like well if you go back to the very beginning of what what it, it had become it was not the human race that he had originally created it was mm-hmm. a hybrid race of craziness you know i mean it mm-hmm. was just so and that kind of and that dna continued to be passed down which mm-hmm. we talk about the reptilian yeah and then also with the dna with the the jab yeah like it's yeah it's there's a gene therapy so yeah definitely I mean, seems that could be another thing that's escalating all the craziness yeah well and um that was the one thing that jesus had talked about but you know the the disciples had asked him you know when when will we know that the son of son of man is coming to return he's be just like the days of noah well Mm -hmm. what was the days of noah the days of noah was right before the flood and Mm -hmm. that was when you know all of the mutated dna Mm-hmm. had to be wiped off the, the face of the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess there's different interpretations. Some people may interpret it differently than that, but that's definitely one that I can kind of get behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because prior to that, you had the all of the Olympian and all the, you know, the um, old Titan gods, little G gods of the mm-hmm. Roman and Greek mythologies and stuff, and then the flood. And, mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Yeah. Totally totally crazy but the more that i pay attention to the more i've really started to kind of see the that seems to me like it was the old testament and everything is all about dna Mm -hmm. it's all that warfare for you know back and forth the two different dnas and it seems like we're just going right back to it Mm -hmm. so well history repeats itself so yeah Um, yeah and wasn't a lot of the World War II, I mean, there was, like, eugenics was getting rid of DNA, right? hmm Hitler was trying to get rid of the Jews, the DNA of the Jews, and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to purge them off the earth. And you see that with the, um, genocide all the time. People just trying to get rid of an entire race of beings, and it's like, you know, they're trying to wipe that genetic m- marker off the earth. Yeah. Or, like, going back to the uh, pre-Minoctra days of the you know the the scottish and the british mm. you know fighting yeah, where they yeah. were trying to breed out the scots mm-hmm. yeah i forgot about that i'm here to enact my night of prima noctre <laughs> that was like a freaking sweet movie dude yeah. braveheart yeah anyway well it was a little weird not having jake here yep. to talk about boners yep that was awkward. Yeah. It's weird uh, not having him. Mm-hmm. Just, just really ties the room together, man. <laughs> uh, yep. so Fucking dick. Hopefully he gets better soon, and then hopefully Lux gets better, and we can get back on that cast. But yeah. we're planning on talking to Subconscious Realm, I think, Friday. We'll probably release that maybe next month or depending, something like that. Yeah. So that we're not just releasing... Um, guest on top of guest or whatever but he invited us on so yeah it's kind of cool yeah um the last email i got from lux was um he was said he was gonna get back in touch maybe in a few weeks we could 
hook back up and talk some shit. Cool. Well, sounds good. I guess uh, next week we'll be back at you with another one, and then uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Everybody be cool. Yeah, take it easy. Later.